If you have your Bible, turn to Mark chapter 6. Little pop quiz. This story is the only miracle of Jesus that is found, uh, not a pop quiz, pop fact. What do you call that? Trivia? Trivia. A little bit of trivia, Bible trivia. Should you ever get this when you're on Jeopardy or something? What is the only miracle that is found in all four Gospels? It's this one, the feeding of the 5,000. And you've heard this story a lot of times, right? But I want to give you a little bit of a different perspective on it and not focus so much on the miracle and the external stuff that's happening around because there's plenty of that, but to focus on the stuff that's going on in the heart. The things that Jesus is trying to teach us about what it means to build our inner life because when we build a strong inner life, then we're better prepared to live the outer life and all its chaos as well. Let me give you a little bit of context for this story. So just before this, Jesus has sent out uh, the 72 disciples, two by two. He said, don't take anything with you. Just go in my name and love people and heal people and, uh, and meet their needs. And so the disciples had come back and popularity was growing. And then this miracle starts to happen, and I believe that among other things, one of the primary purposes for recording this miracle is to teach us about giving. Now, so often in church, when we talk about giving, we talk about giving in three levels giving with our time, our talents, or a treasure, right? And there's a place for that, and it's very important that we live lives of generosity, and we don't just talk about that, we do it. But before we talk about time, treasure, and talent, there's a conversation that we need to have first about the state of our hearts and the attitude of our hearts when it comes to this idea of giving. Because the truth is we have to have a giving attitude before we can really, honestly, fully, faithfully have a giving action. And so I think one of the things that Jesus is talking about here is how do we, how do we manage our inner life when it comes to giving? The Apostle Paul says, God loves a cheerful giver. So often in church, we put the uh, weight on that word giver. But as it's written, the weight is on the word cheerful, Right? And what's happening is when it comes to the issue of giving, what's way more important than what we actually do is the attitude with which we do it. And I believe one of the things that Jesus is training his disciples to do is to help them get their inside life right. You know, I so I often forget things like birthdays and you know, at Christmas, I'm maybe not the most generous or thoughtful as I should be. And my default excuse for a long time often is, well, I did think about it, right? It's the thought that counts, we say. And while that's a lame excuse for people like me, there's a lot of truth in that. That I think Jesus is first saying when it comes to the issue of giving, it is the thought that counts. It is what's happening inside that matters first. So let's turn to, to the story. And I want to talk about five areas that we have to get right and we have to manage within us if we want to give faithfully. 30. 
Mark chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all that they had done and taught. Then Jesus said to them, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't have time even to eat. So they left the boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. I think one of the things we see in this passage is that Jesus is really being a good manager. He sent his disciples out and now he wants to do a little review with them. A performance evaluation if he liked. So they come back and they sit down and he asks them to tell them what they've done and talk and he wants to check in on them and see how they're doing. And I think the result of that is that Jesus looks at his guys and says, wow, these guys have spent a lot of energy doing the work that I asked them to do. They're tired. And because they're tired, we need to give them a little bit of a break. What Jesus is saying about giving, the first thing, is that if we want to be faithful givers from the inside, first of all, we have to manage our energy. We have to manage the way that we're dealing with our time. We have to manage how much we're investing in people and what it's doing to us. You remember the story when Jesus healed the woman who was bleeding and she touched the hem of his garment and he said, power left me. When he talks about power, he's talking about energy. And you know that all of us have an energy tank inside of us, right? And if we have a rough, exhausting day, our tank drains. And if we go into the next day with an empty tank, things just get worse and worse and worse and our performance and our function just decreases. The first thing that Jesus says about giving is that if you want to give, you have to manage your energy. He looks at his disciples and he sees that their tank is open, is empty. And that's why in verse 31, he gives them, them three things to do. He says, let's go off by ourselves. Now he's not talking here about um, isolation. But he is talking about solitude. He is talking about finding a safe place with a few people who've been through the same thing, who, who know what's going on. He's saying these crowds, man, they're forever draining us. But when we're together, we can encourage one another and encouraging one another refills with energy. The second thing he says is we're going to go to a quiet place. We're going to go to somewhere where, where people aren't going to bother us. We're going to go somewhere where we can just turn the volume on life down a little bit. Because sometimes the, the louder the noise of life, that kind of zaps our energy, doesn't it? It says, let's go off somewhere together. Let's go to a quiet place and let's rest. Why? Because Jesus wants to replenish the energy of his disciples. They'd been working so hard, they didn't even have time to eat. 
Not, not only were they giving of their energy, but they were sacrificing their body for this cause. And, and it wasn't good. It, it wasn't helpful. And so Jesus says, first of all, let's try and manage that energy. I don't know about you, but I find it really hard to manage my energy sometimes. Right? There are people in our lives who I'm so grateful for who replenish their energy, right? But you know as well as I do that there are a lot of people in life who sap their energy. And often those people who sap our energy are those that we're around a lot. One of the first things that we need to do in terms of giving is figure out how we're going to manage our energy. Because if we give it all away, we've got nothing left to give. If we give it all away, we're not being faithful to what God has called us to be. But Jesus in the next verse, in, in verse 32 and 33 tells us that often it's not possible to avoid this energy uh, cost. And so the first thing that we need to settle when it comes to giving is, am I prepared to give of my energy? Am I prepared to give of my time? Am I prepared to give some of my my, my, my discretionary time, perhaps to people who will stress me a little bit. The first thing that Jesus is saying here, when it comes to the issue of giving, is that we have to purpose in our heart that we're going to be prepared to give some of our energy to people, to stuff, to whatever it is we're called to do. So Jesus is taking his disciples away. They turn their back on the crowd Start to head off to this quiet place. And we read that the crowds kind of do a little number on Jesus and his disciples. And they go round him so that when they get to the quiet place, the crowd is already there. Many people recognize them from leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped off the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them things. First thing we have to decide internally when it comes to giving is, am I prepared to give my energy? Am I prepared to give this, this strength? The second thing that we have to ask is, am I prepared to give my emotion? We don't give anything without a desire in us for that cause to which we're giving. And most of the time, that cause for what we're giving and causes us to give happens first on, a, on an emotional level. And it says here that even though Jesus was trying to take his guys away for a little break, he looked at the crowd and having decided to give of his energy, he started to give of his emotion. 
It said he looked at the crowd and had compassion. The word compassion literally means um, a a tightening of the muscles in your, your gut so that you can feel it. He looked over this crowd and the word compassion suggests that he physically hurt. He saw all the needs before him and it made him wept, made him weep. He he saw the challenges and the people that he was looking at and he felt compelled to do something. If we want to give, one of the things that we have to settle is this idea that we cannot give unbenevolently. We have to give with our emotion as well. We have to care for people. We live in a world that is full of emotional consumers. There are people who are always, always, always wanting something from you. Jesus looks at these people and said, one of the reasons why they're, they're consuming so much emotionally is because they're sheep without a shepherd. He's saying they're not in healthy relationships with, with people or they're not in healthy relationship with the chief shepherd. And those people are all over our lives and we have to make a decision. Am I going to give my compassion to that person? Most of the time, it's easy not to. It's easier not to. It's safer not to. But Jesus says giving starts not just by giving your energy, but by giving your, your, your emotion to something as well. I can think of people that I know who've called me up or they've wanted to see me or just have acted like I, I want something again. And I feel this, this tendency to want to build a wall and say, say no more. But the call of our generous Jesus is to keep giving of our emotion, to keep getting involved in one another's lives, to keep loving even when it's hard to do. Jesus teaches us that we build our inner life by giving of our energy, by giving of our emotion. Thirdly, He says that we give of our inner self when we realize that our inner self is really really full of poverty. That it's lacking a lot of stuff to give. 35, late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him, said, there is a remote place. This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. Makes sense. This compassion that Jesus had has been um, shared with the disciples. And now they've got compassion on this this crowd. Hey, they got to get out of here. uh, Otherwise, they're not going to get anything to eat. And Jesus looks at them and said, you feed them. You take care of the problem. And they look around and they look around externally and there's no Walmart in the corner. There's no stores. There's no restaurants. And they're like, what are we, we going to do? 
They don't feel that they have enough to give. There's not enough externally to give. But they don't feel they got enough internally to give as well. They'd already seen Jesus do this miracle before. They'd just come back from being sent out where Jesus said, take nothing from you, nothing with you. And they'd seen great fruit of that. But here they are again, just not believing that they had the faith, that they had the resources to do anything. But out of faithfulness to Jesus, they went and surveyed the crowd and tried to figure out what they have. How much bread do you have, 38, he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we've got five loaves of bread and two fish. There wasn't much around them. They didn't have faith within them. All they could conjure was this little bit of bread and fish. And the kind of bread that is talked about here is a bread that belonged to the poorest of the poor. It was a barley loaf. It it, it fell apart when you picked it up. It was very coarse. It was very cheap. And the fish that they found came from a nearby fishing village, probably called Tashia, which was a town in the lake, knowing for small fish the size of sardines. These, These weren't the big kind of fish that fishermen think, right? These were fish that were lacking in every area. It's easy for us when we realize our lack to say, I'm not going to give because my giving isn't going to make a difference. But the call of the gospel is to give from our nothing because we give through a God who owns something and oversees everything. In terms of building our inner life to giving, we give of our energy, we give of our emotion, we give from our little. You know the story of the widow's might, right? This little old lady who had nothing. And she goes up to the temple and she puts just a, a pittance in, a little mite. And everyone laughs at her saying, hey, that, that's no money at all. Then Jesus says, no, 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 you, you don't understand That may look like a little money to you, but that's a lot to this lady. And a little money in the hands of God becomes a lot. We give of our energy. We give of our emotion. We give of our little. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 and 100 Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. The fourth thing that we need to figure out internally when it comes to this issue of giving is how can I give most effectively? Now think about this. You've got this huge crowd of hungry people. You're just about to perform this miracle. And then you've got the challenge of how to distribute the food. If it was me, I'm thinking, let's kind of do like we do for communion. Form a line, just walk through, come get some. 
But that's a line with 5,000 plus people. It's not very effective. It's not very efficient. So Jesus has this brilliant idea. He says, don't just kind of throw out the food so the strongest get to the front of the line first. Organize everybody into groups. Groups of 50 and 100. So you've got all these little groups around the area and each of them is, is bought some food. And I think what Jesus is doing here is absolutely brilliant because he's showing us something incredibly efficient. First of all, he's not wasting the food. And secondly, he's communicating to everybody that he wants to give them more support than just food. Because what he's doing is he organizes them into group, is he's building communities around them. These were people who were, were lonely and lost and marginalized and ostracized. And by putting them into groups, he's actually forming them into families. And I think one of the profound things that Jesus is saying as he puts them in groups is that he's not just interested in giving a hand out to help in the moment. He's interested in giving a hand up to help over the long term. The, 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 these groups, as you translate that word, Neil, you'll appreciate that. This, the word that he describes the groups is actually like a vegetable garden, Right? And so what he's doing is he's putting, it literally says he's putting people in groups like you would vegetables in a vegetable garden. What the vegetables do in a vegetable garden, they grow. And Jesus, I believe, is saying is that when it comes to the issue of giving, it's not the time, treasure, talent. It's the internal stuff too. And we need to ask a question, am I giving effectively? Is there a return on the investment on the time, talent, treasure I'm giving? Is it not just uh, helping people in the moment, but is it helping them change and develop and grow as people? So often we think that giving is about the stuff we do out there. But it's not about what's in our wallet or what's about in our, our calendars. It's about first what's in our heart. We give of our energy, we give of our emotion, we give of our little, we give effectively. And then the story crescendos with the invitation that we should give expectantly. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, he looked up towards heaven and blessed them. That is not an insignificant part of the story, that we take what we've got and we, we lift it to heaven. 42, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed from these loaves. There are two kinds of baskets in the New Testament. One is the kind of little bread basket, right? You, you know, we have them, the, the longer burger kind of stuff. 
The other kind of basket is more like a laundry basket. And in fact, we read later on in the New Testament that these bigger laundry baskets were, were used to smuggle um, Paul out of, a, out of a house. He hidden it so they're big enough to, 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 to hold a person. You want to guess what kind of baskets were filled after this miracle? It wasn't the little Lungerberger ones. It was the big laundry ones. And it reminds us that God can do abundantly above and beyond more than we can expect or imagine. When we give, when we contemplate giving inside of us, we have to believe that God is going to do so much more. In Mark's gospel, as he's recording this, he says that they all ate as much as they wanted. Other versions say they were all satisfied. And again, the picture of satisfaction has a whole lot more to do than just a full belly. Their bellies were full because they got food, a lot out of a little, but their hearts were full. Because they'd made some new friends. They were in a community where they were going to to grow. And their spirits were alive because they'd seen God do this incredible miracle. I think what Jesus is telling us, as we look at the issue of giving in our red letter challenge, is that giving and what we give out there is of secondary importance. What's of primary importance is our motivation and our attitude towards giving. And so I think Jesus is saying, hey, give of your energy, give of your emotion, give from your little, give effectively, give expectantly. Because when it comes to giving, your attitude is more important than your action. When we give ourselves to God, when we let God build this inner attitude of generosity, as we offer it up to him, for him just to glance upon, as the scripture says. We see God do amazing things that are bigger and better and brighter and bolder than we can imagine. Giving, sure, it's about our time, our treasure, our talent, Give that stuff. But don't give it unless first this generous heart has been built within you.